It's time for Knox Talk, a behind-the-scenes look at the business side of college sports. Featuring Paul Sickman from Knox Sports and Brandon Parks from the Vol Network. Now for today's show. Welcome to another session of Knox Talk. Today is Thursday, May the 13th. I am indeed Paul and my co-host from the Red Hot Baseball Grounds of Lindsay Nelson Field on Rocky Top is Brandon Parks. How are we doing today? Hey, Paul, we're doing great. Glad to be on here for another podcast. Thank you, Brandon. Our topic today is something Brandon is familiar with over his uh, forever time at uh, University of Tennessee and is selling a red hot property like Brandon's baseball bunch right now or the same selling when your team is really, really struggling or a university, uh, all their sports are struggling. So uh, I, I have, we don't need a guest because I have an expert in the field and he's right there uh, in Brandon Park. So we're going <laughs> to uh, we're gonna let Brandon uh, wax poetic about all these things. But, uh, and, and I'm going to just open with just a comment, Brandon, and then I'll let you kind of go from there. And, and ultimately, this is not any magic elixir here. Relationships and people make the difference. The school sellers that truly understand that relationships are more important than your win-loss record. Relationships and people are more important than anything else are the ones that survive, and, and that's what happens. And we'll talk through all the examples of that in a second, but I'll let you talk, Brandon. Now, you're, you're absolutely right on relationships. Um, I think something that's, that's first and foremost important to note, and I think it's a differentiator between college sports and professional sports, um, if, if you're a sports fan of a college team, in all likelihood, you live within a geographic area where that institution is followed right. or you are a graduate of that institution. And certainly when you become a graduate of an institution, it's, it becomes who you are. It's representative of your history. And so there's an affinity and a connection in my mind that's created that to me is a stronger bond than that of say professional sports. And I'm not knocking the affinity and passion around professional sports. No, but it's and, true. You're right. Um, in the leagues, but there becomes a lived affinity where you have an experience that you can't get anywhere else with your institution. And part of what makes college sports so special is the college experience that we all go through. Mm -hmm. And, so whether your team is winning back-to-back -back national championships or your team has suffered through 10 really exhausting years on the football field, <laughs> that affinity or passion doesn't go away. Right. And, and so that, that remains. And certainly selling in challenging times, we have to have a product of some kind. And you know, at times during my career, when we struggled at the University of Tennessee, I have always been able to fall back on the 400,000 plus alumni that make up our alumni association. I can fall back on the fact that 90 to 100,000 people will show up to watch our games at Neyland Stadium, that a half million people are listening on radio. And the fans continue to remain engaged, which then creates an audience uh, where associations can be built for companies. And, and, and that audience, to me, is what drives your product in the best of times and the worst of times. And even when they're super angry after nine and a half years of bad Tennessee football, they still care. And if they still care, then you have a chance as a seller to make them change a habit. 
Absolutely. And I, I've never had to deal with apathy in a fan base before, but I think that is, that is a dreaded place that you don't want to go to no, where, right. where you can't drum up interest at all. That, that becomes problematic. Yeah. As long as fans are passionate and they're still calling in the radio shows, positive, negative, indifferent, they're engaged yeah. and therefore they're marketable and our products, our companies can then market to them. And so you know, oftentimes when, when we go out to meet with partners, we talk about that, just, just the magnitude of our fan base. Um, we rely on tradition because uh, tradition at Tennessee has is, is been here for 100 plus years. In fact, Neyland Stadium is celebrating its 100th anniversary this year. Um, and, and with that comes the thought of Peyton Manning, General Neyland, Heath Shuler, you know, and I could go on and on and on down the list of, of all of these these famous, iconic Tennessee uh, volunteers over the years. And, and oftentimes in meetings, that, that's what I walk in with is, is Peyton Manning on one shoulder, General Neyland or Pat Summit on another shoulder. Uh, and then we talk about today and the fan base that we have to today. And, 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 and you know what? And it, and, it, and it rings true. We, in a lot of cases, had this huge head start over a lot of professional teams because we've been doing it for 100 plus years. Right. And that's been passed down through generations of families. And, and those kinds of things matter, especially when times are tough. Uh, yeah, you're right. And, and I'm on the other side of the fence, right? So I'm buying. And, and, and so we get a chance to go out there and visit with schools who are sometimes hot, sometimes not. I was, I, I was thinking when we, when we created the topic, you know, about just three years ago, I was, had a new client. I was up in Indiana and, and we were negotiating deals with IU and Purdue. Uh, and at the time, Purdue was coming off multiple bowls, um, hot coach, Jeff Brom, they're, they're doing great in, in football, which was awesome for them because it's kind of a cyclical thing. And then their basketball team, of course, is multiple times the NCAA. The seller uh, was very kind and, and that was great. And then meanwhile, I'm negotiating concurrently with IU. I've got one budget. I, I, I kind of have full reign over how the thing is split between the two schools. The IU program at the time Football program was awful um, and had been awful forever. Um, Tom really hadn't uh, kind of taken it to that step yet. And the basketball team is in the worst run they've had maybe in 70 years. But the seller was incredibly arrogant. And, and just to the, to the point of, you know, he's telling me about 100 years of IU and, and you know, all the neg – it was almost to the point where you just you just couldn't take it. You're like, listen, we have some reality here about where your program is. We need to – we need to sell to that. And, and yes, I get all the tradition. I get the fans are there. I believe you that all these things are true, but the, the arrogance of the seller um, made it difficult. So anyway, uh, bottom line is we did a deal. Purdue got a little more money than Indiana. I, I set up for success. I didn't, you know, for, with both schools, but uh, we, we ended up doing a fairly equal deal. But again, Purdue did a little better, um, even though IU truly had a bigger fan base, has a more engaged fan base, all those other things. Um, it, it, it could be argued. Well, skip ahead. Uh, you know, two years, we just did a renewal this year. And uh, as soon as the deal was done with IU, we got a brand new seller. The seller at that point, my rep up there has been outstanding, uh, worked his ass off, uh, done all the little things. Uh, and meanwhile, the program has turned around. But forget about the program, the, the, the seller relationship with the client, the seller relationship with us as an agency, they did everything they could in the world to make sure that we loved what we had. And now the products turned around and it was really easy to go to the client two years later and say, you know what? IU justifies more money. IU justifies these little extras. IU justifies all this stuff. 
it, it, hot and cold had little to do with it, but it certainly supported my case. Yeah, and you and you mentioned it earlier. Relationships are so important in our business and in, in what we do. Um, and so much of what we do is what what I like to call relationship and conceptual selling. And everything starts with a relationship. And there was a former UT coach um, that um, that 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 coined the question or the phrase. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. And and I believe that is true because um, certainly in the seller buyer scenario, it helps um, if, if you're the one that's doing the buying to know that the person that's selling you is doing so from a place where they truly care about your business. They've done research on your business. They feel like they're an extension of your marketing team. They're a brand ambassador for you. Um, and all of those little things that you mentioned at IU by the rep there, those things are so critically important. Um, and, and in a lot of, in a lot of cases, those can overcome wins and losses. You're hundred percent right. The way the relationship is, is delivered. Um, and we certainly have experienced that here just with the longevity of partners. And I think the, the secret sauce in the longevity is the relationships. Can, and, I, can I tell you a quick story that I had not written down, but I wanted to, I just want to share because you just reminded me of something really funny. Fire away. So we were, we were, um, my colleagues and I were up in, in, in Virginia Tech, and this is, boy, this is, you know, maybe 12 years ago. Virginia Tech at the time was just humming. They had, you know, one, you know, they were an ACC power. They were, they, they were just, every, they were doing everything right, right? I mean, they were, and they had the whole state of Virginia locked up. Virginia, they'd beaten Virginia like nine times or whatever. So we go up there and this young seller, uh, we were kind of on the fence whether we were going to renew for this client, but this young seller, we go into this guy's office and he is so full of himself. He is so arrogant and unbelievable <laughs> about, about, I mean, he doesn't even, he didn't even go to Virginia Tech, but he is just, he is all over himself. And now he sits down and, and he starts for no reason at all, starts going off about how he went to school at Florida and he hates Florida State. And he went into a un, just unpushed six-minute diatribe about all of the things he hates about Florida State. And oh, meanwhile, no. my colleague is sitting there staring at me. I'm not going to tell him anything. I mean, we're just, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just a guy. So we finish this entire thing, and he finishes his diatribe, and then we, we get up to walk out of the room and say goodbye. And my cell phone rings, and my cell phone is the war chant. Oh wow! And he stands up, and he and I stand up, and he hears the war chant. And if he could have been Michael Jackson, he couldn't have moonwalked faster back into his office. And you let him know that it wasn't the Atlanta Braves war chant that was coming across your phone. Uh, I didn't actually say a thing. I just said, "Hey, have a good day. We'll talk soon." And then he obviously, as you just said. The good ones do research. They understand your company. I don't expect anyone to yeah. know that about me, but you damn sure shouldn't say anything negative about anybody or any situation when you're in a sales situation. And he did all the things wrong. Yeah. Well, um, we we have a relationship here with um, with Dish um, Satellite TV Provider. Uh, they're based in Denver, Colorado. Um, so when you talk about relationship management. Uh, that, that one's a tough one because they don't they don't live in your market. And so it's hard for them to see everything you're doing. It's hard for them to hear everything uh, and, and oftentimes see the results. But um, and, and this goes back 10 plus years. Uh, but we were able to secure a sponsorship with Dish. The category was available at Tennessee. The timing was right. And so they jumped on board. 
Well, at that time, and I believe even to today, there's probably less than four or five college relationships that DISH has uh, across the country. Um, and I'd get phone call after phone call. How did you guys get DISH? What is, what's the reasoning behind it? How do they stick with you? And, and I think that relationship exists because of the level of care and focus and attention that we place on it. And so they told us once in a meeting, we said, how do you justify the relationship with the University of Tennessee? And they said, well, the only thing we do different in the state of Tennessee than we do in any other part of the country is we have the sponsorship with the University of Tennessee. So every year at the end of the year, we look at the subscription increases year over year. And as long as the state of Tennessee outperforms our national average, then you guys get credit for that incremental growth. As and you as should. Long that's the, the only state, X factor they have that you should get credit for. That's it. it. Right. And as, as long as we continue to grow, they continue to be involved. And they have been. So year over year, we would always make an annual trip to DISH and would go and meet with their executive marketing team. And kitchen sink is probably the best way I could describe it because that they were all about ownership, ownership of assets. And so we literally would throw the kitchen sink of ideas to them and just, and when we would go out there, we would bombard them with deliverables and examples and results and photos and everything imaginable that, that you could to say, hey, we did grow incrementally in the state of Tennessee dish subscriptions this year, but here's all the work that went into that. And, and it has been the relationship that has stood the test of time. And, and actually, we have had multiple direct day-to-day -day contacts in the relationship. And we've been able to survive that because each and every person has made one trip to Knoxville to attend a football game over a weekend and they see everything we're doing for their brand and it's undeniable. Right. Um, and, and it doesn't, it doesn't hurt a, that you meet them at the airport with orange overalls. That probably helps. Absolutely. Uh, the question is whether we have a shirt on under the orange overalls or not. Paul, as a side story to, to Dish and going out to Denver, um, I think it's important to note, while we meet with their executive team and their marketing staff, the CEO, Charlie Ergen, will not participate in those meetings. Uh, hmm. And he is a graduate of the University of Tennessee. And he does not oh. want to appear to be partial in those meetings or put pressure on his, on, his, on his team that's in that meeting. So typically, we'll have our executive team meeting and presentation and cover the business of the day. And then usually... Charlie would have, he'll earmark 15, 20 minutes where we can go in and visit with him and talk everything Tennessee and the balls and who's going to score a touchdown on Saturday and who, who may be the, the point guard for the upcoming basketball team. But it, it's pretty fascinating how they separate the, the business, the personal relationship. And again, we're, we're judged on results. Right. How about that fact? The guy that recuses himself from the meeting, do you think he recuses himself from the decision making? Because it doesn't feel like he would. It would not feel like it uh, at, at, at first glance, but when you're the executive vice president of marketing for DISH and you have a budget uh, that, you are, that you are responsible for and there has to be results against that budget, I think you've, uh, while you as the CEO may say, I would really recommend that we do this, um, you've, you've got to be able to allow this person to, to do their job and do it effectively and, and not make it perceived to be more difficult on them. So, um, you know, behind the scenes, whether he uh, influences it or not, 
um, that has been that has been the process we've always followed. I love it. Well, and ultimately, as you have said, you know, with Dish, it, it, it's it is all about measurables. I mean, at the end of the day, that you know, you guys are converting more people in Tennessee than any other uh, any other place in the country, and you are the X factor uh, in that relationship. So that that measurables matter. You know, when you talk about selling hot, you know, which we've both done, you know, and, and also it's just as important when you're just miserable and you talked about the passion. But I want to give you an example of maybe where there isn't a lot of passion, uh, but they still understood it. And this is kind of obscure, but University of Idaho, OK, in Moscow, Idaho, there are no cows in Moscow, Moscow. Uh, <laughs> and, and there is really, I mean, clearly nothing going on in, in that town or you know, and that, that you've got a, a school which probably struggles for fan base, you know, all those things. And and a team that unfortunately has done so poorly for so long, they actually dropped divisions uh, two years ago. But for the for our client up there, they do resonate with their fans. We do a, a nice job there. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because the rep there, even though they are miserable and they are in the middle of nowhere, Idaho, Works so hard. I'll give you a great example. Uh, pandemic, uh, we have a register to win where that's really the measurable. That's why the client comes back. That's why the client, uh, you know, believes in the deal. So the measurable has been a flyaway, which Idaho, when they were Division One, went to some amazing places: Hawaii, San Diego, mm-hmm. um, you know, Utah, LSU. They were yeah. they were everyone's uh, homecoming. You know, they went to Florida. Yeah. Um, well, now that they dropped, they don't necessarily have that. So he came to us with the pandemic, and he's like, listen, not only are we playing games in the spring, uh, and we're not, you know, we can't travel anybody, uh, anybody on the plane. So he goes, here's what I'm going to do for you guys. We're going to do this all-expense-paid whitewater rafting trip and and uh, weekend for a family up near Coeur d'Alene. And he bought it all, and we that was the giveaway. Well, in a school like Idaho, we got 2,500 names in three weeks of people that wow. registered for this amazing trip in Idaho. Uh, and, and so we go back to our client in the middle of a pandemic and delivered an absolute win because this guy cares so much about winning, uh, not on the field, but off the field, uh, sure. that he made it work. And so here's a, a, a moribund football program in a nowhere part of the country that just killed it because he cared that much. I think that just exasperates or kind of exaggerates, I'm sorry, exaggerates everything you were talking about earlier, Brandon. Yeah, and I, we, we go to work every day from a Vol Network mentality that we're playing our own game. And we want to not only be competitive in our game, we want to win our game, we want to be dominant in our game. Um, and, you know, that's part of what makes working in sports fun is because because it is so competitive. Um, and, and you can overcome a lot of losses on the field by having a lot of wins Monday through Friday in delivering for companies. Especially if you have um, an attitude like that. I mean, if, 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 the, if the leader of the team – you know, if Steve, in your case, is, is pushing it that way, that makes a huge difference. Oh, it's, it's, it's huge because it's easy to get down when things aren't going well. Right. You live um, and, and die with the easy. team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it's easy to jump on the bandwagon and off that bandwagon. Right. Um, and, and I'm going to let me say this about the the times when you are winning and, you, and you're on a huge high. Those are fantastic. And, and while we do pick up incremental business along the way, what I love about it the most is for those partners that have been with us through the good times and the bad, they deserve to ride on that high for as long as they can. And I think 
without getting way too much into our business, we, we think about that in the pricing world. Uh, when we go to negotiate a sponsorship or to renew a partner, and just because we may be on the mountaintop today, that doesn't mean we ask for 50% more than we got the past year. Because you also got to remember that that day's going to come when you're when when the shine's off the right, rock and, right. and you, you don't look as attractive. And if you can stay more steady and be more middle of the road, I believe enough business will come your way and then you'll have the longevity of partners year after year after year. And, and the other thing I'll note too, so many prospects that we talk to, they'll ask us about, well, how do we become like a First Horizon or a Farm Bureau Insurance or Coca-Cola or or someone like that? And, and it's like, well, you have to remember there's a starting place for all partnerships and it takes time for that snowball to gain momentum. And that's year over year over year and consistency and frequency and those kinds of things, because they're immediately names. I know at Florida state, you probably say the same thing. There are brands that you probably have heard for your entire life that are associated with the Seminoles. And the same thing happens at Tennessee. And so those brands almost become part of game day not just an advertiser or a sponsor of game day. They're a brand people can't wait to hear. That's the home and run. Because that's they the know run. when the band, when the brand is inherent with, with the, with the school, you know, and, and that's, yeah. there was a, um, they did a, uh, I don't know if you ever, you were listening to a, there was a talk show that did this. Uh, they actually had this as their kind of a stupid question for the day. And they had every fan call out there and we got, you and I probably both hope this never happens, but the subject was what, logo would you put on your favorite college's jersey and so it was basically asking that question what is the most ubiquitous brand of this school and so it was really fascinating to hear fans no skin in the game say i could live with x brand on my favorite team's jersey because they know that brand is to your point is 10 years 15 years 20 years in and for all those reasons, they feel comfortable because the brand is part of the school of having the brand on the sleeve or having the brand in the coin. And it was it was a wonderful show to kind of just listen. Uh, and I'm writing notes because I'm thinking <laughs> these yeah. brands out there have done a Absolutely. great job. I want to I want to find out, you know. So of course, you know, the about 20 Alabama people call and say Golden Flake was the answer, um, which was awesome because they probably have never spent yeah. more than a hundred. But Bear Bryant was pitching them when <laughs> when you know when he was still a baby. Um, but yeah. great great stuff. And and I, I, one last thing, you know, we talk about being on top. You know, when Texas A&M hired Jimbo, they may not have been on top, but everything in Texas is bigger, and they were incredibly. Uh, it's a time when they could have hammered us and we had two renewals uh, and we flew out there and their entire team acted like nothing had changed. Like they just didn't invest $75 million uh, in a new coach that so they didn't invest a hundred million dollars in facilities in a stadium. And they now had the best stadium right. in the country and they have all these things and all these amazing upgrades and all their facilities are, and they basically said, yeah, absolutely. And nothing changed. And I didn't forget that. And if they do win a national championship, I hope they keep that same, attitude because it was outstanding um, to do a deal with with someone that was really just flying. Uh, and I think that's how every club should treat a seller, um, you know, and a buyer. Uh, it's just, yeah. it's all about relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. Could not agree more. All right. Well, for Brandon Parks, I'm Paul Sickman. We have, uh, we've told the good and the bad uh, about selling hot and selling cold. And again, uh, the expertise was on the other side of uh, this microphone today, but uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, I have to do another edition of Knox Talk. And we will talk to you next time. See ya.